What's really good, Jason? A special, very special Friday taping of your thrice weekly podcast from your friends Chris Black and Jason Stewart, aka Chris Black and them jeans. How are you? I'm good. I'm uh, I'm I'm trying to get into the zone. You know, mm-hmm. it is tough to do mm-hmm. four podcasts in one week, but when uh, when this guest calls, mm-hmm. and we and we answer. Well, I guess when we call and then he pushes last minute and then we rescheduled <laughs> we answer that call i think when i've been in touch when there's a 40 email chain with his press department um mm-hmm. we you know we answer the call but yeah i mean <laughs> this is a this is a white whale for us as far as how long gone goes um we we of course um kind of developed a friendship after a courtship mm-hmm. and now we're edging into a professional relationship um, which means BJ better start sucking today. We did sort of dog whistle this podcast into existence <laughs> by mentioning his uh, stick man like abilities through the years. And after we did link at the tower, he said, I learned what a stick man was <laughs> from listening to your podcast. And I said, well, brother, that sounds meta to me. And uh, it is true. While you guys were watching reruns of The Office, he was studying the stick and how to use it. That's right. Uh, in, a, in a multitude of positions. Beyond checking in with his uh, banker at City National once a month to make sure those <laughs> uh, those residual checks were still clearing, check out The Office on on Delta anywhere you watch TV. Really, um, but no, B- BJ is a uh, is a legendary uh, actor comedian. Uh, Harvard graduate. Mm-hmm. He has a new movie out uh, called Vengeance that is um, interestingly uh, about a journalist and podcaster uh, that travels from the Big Apple to West Texas to investigate the death of a woman who he once smashed. So this sounds <laughs> this this is hitting very close to home for everyone involved on this podcast today. It is and. We've already because when we had dinner with BJ, he was explaining us. You know, he's explaining to us the plot of the movie because I think they were in final edits uh, when we when we saw him. Mm-hmm. And our fellow dinner guest John Mayer has a cameo. You know, Ashton Kutcher is in it. Uh, Boyd Holbrook, um, Dove Cameron, and but and I asked BJ, and and I I was a little aggressive. I have to admit, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like you're going to write a movie about podcasting, and you're not going to include myself and jason that seems script supervisor chris black and dj them jeans a cameo is obviously welcome but i would also kind of like that behind the scenes check like the sag insurance is great but i'm gonna need a script supervisor fee as well and he didn't really have an answer for us jason if you remember he was sort of docking ducking and dodging (laughs) that question that you flew at him I think that's kind of par for the course with these Hollywood types, as you'll kind of see. I mean, I've been living here my whole life, so that's right. So I'm still I'm learning the ropes. I'm learning the ropes. I spent a I you know you I was I was whipping down forest lawn when you were still in diapers, boy. So no, you got you done you you done come a long way, but you ain't there yet. Okay, sweetheart. I'm sure I'm sure an experienced Hollywood veteran like BJ can give give me all the kind of tips and tricks I need to you know get a table at Dantana's on a Friday, uh, you know, get my script made. What to do when you killed a valet guy, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mayor has a guy, but his guy's out of town, so then what? BJ, sorry to call you so late, but Jason, fuck, Jason ran over the valet's foot at the Beverly Hilton. <laughs> yeah, but we, you know, you know how, how Long Gone does. I'm sure BJ has done... Late night with Seth Meyers and Jimmy Fallon and Colbert. And, he's done all his little programs. And every single episode, he's already had to be like, so BJ, I don't know anything about this movie. Tell me everything about it for the 900th time today. So, you know, we know we're just basically going to talk about 
different sushi restaurants <laughs> yeah. in Hollywood and try to figure out if we are Eskimo brothers or something, you know? I also like to talk to Harvard graduates as well. That's kind of my kink. We've actually had a decent amount of Harvard graduates on. It's a little weird. They like to slum it with us. That's, <laughs> that's part of the program. I'm, I'm actually pulling a TJ today. I'm, I rushed. I had to rush back to the house to take a quick shower because my workout got bumped so late because I had some calls with Europe this morning. <laughs> then I ran into a friend of the show, uh, legendary Nick Wooster at the gym. So we had to have a kiki, of course, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and that just it kept pushing me back. I didn't even have time to get a smoothie, so I'm a little out of sorts, as you can. Damn, imagine. brother! Well, I I actually had so much time. I made a smoothie this morning, <laughs> extra slow after the gym. I really took my time with it. I was like, how much peanut butter? I kind of weighed it out by the gram just because I had enough time to play around with it. Sorry, <laughs> I like I like that. I like I like. So that. I mean, in in bigger news, I mean, I'm sure BJ's movie is fine and all, but the budget was only five million, oh. so we're mostly going to be talking about the new Beyond. I'm assuming uh, I have not listened to it because I don't care about rehashed dance music. Uh, I don't care about real dance music. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I, obviously you you love it, I guess. I haven't. I, I gave it a one quick listen, but it was at like 615 in the morning, like on kind of low MacBook speakers. So mm-hmm. I didn't really give uh, didn't really give sis the attention that it deserved. <laughs> she deserved. Has the limited edition gatefold vinyl not arrived yet? <laughs> the Crosley the Crosley has been warmed up. I'm sure. So you're just kind of waiting on the vinyl to land before you get. No, it. no, no. I ordered I ordered my my vinyl copy on Essence. What seems like months <laughs> ago, but I, I I they must have me fucked up if they think I'm going to pay the Canadian <laughs> customs on on this because I ordered the heavy mm-hmm. 160 gram vinyl mm-hmm. and. Are you saying, Jason, that your vinyl Vinyl weighs a ton. Is that what you're saying? In this instance, yes, I am saying that. Uh, okay, all right. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll probably I'll give Beyonce a listen if I'm forced to to enter like some sort of club or something. But other than that, <laughs> I'm probably not gonna gonna spin it because I just I just can't care. I like her. Like I th- I think she's talented and and she's like a superstar. But the music is just not it. You know, Destiny's Child. Amazing songwriting, dancing, the whole motherfucking thing. But after a while, you know, you just get wound up and chewed up and this and that. And 50,000 people got to touch everything you're doing. And you got this and that. And I, I again, I think the worst thing that's happened to popular music is the discovery of dance music. No. Yeah. Look at Drake's album. No one cares. No, no. It's it's not the discovery of dance music. It's dance music coming out of the underground and into the mainstream is the problem because... All the music that is sort of being co-opted right now by everyone, Beyonce and The Weeknd and whoever else is doing this shit, you know, was maybe four or five years ago popular and dance music has sort of moved on and progressed and it's in a whole new place now. So that's what makes this Beyonce album sound like it's made for 40 year olds. Well, I mean, it is. But I'm the only 40 year old in the club. So it don't make no sense. That it don't make no sense. But there's millions and millions of people who will Beyonce could literally put out anything and they will say that this is genius. And of course. I think that we've moved into a place where that's just dangerous stuff, man. Then there are eighteen thousand people like that who would do the same for us, Chris. That's that's right. And we love those eighteen. I did listen to the the new Maggie Rogers, which has some good slappies on it. <laughs> but you know, I went to I went to San Vicente Bungalows with Ben Edgar last night. We we shut the fucking place down. You already know. I don't think you did shut the place down, Chris. That's right. I think you we, guys went home at eight fifteen. No, it was actually nine forty five. That's why I was going to boast. Uh, is because oh, wow. we were there. Yeah, we were there quite late. 
Um, and especially for, for Ben who, you know, hasn't been partaking. So he's looking quite youthful mm-hmm. and it, you know, it kept our bill down, which is nice. You know, it's, it's rare. <laughs> it's rare that I go to eat with anyone who doesn't add $50 to the bill with, uh, maybe a spicy margarita skinny, of course, or a martini. Don't come for your life partner and your podcast partner. like that, <laughs> So for, so for Ben and I to be able to only spend $100 each for some of the finest food in Los Angeles, it feels, <laughs> it feels, it feels like a, it feels like high. Way robbery, so you only really. had to spend a hundred dollars each to eat this kind of IKEA mm-hmm. cafeteria food, That's but right. surrounded by star. I'm sure Clooney was there. And- I believe I believe uh, NBA player John Wall was sitting behind us with some tasteful jewelry on. Who else you got? That's it. Uh, I didn't really. I didn't really. I, you know, I don't. We we sat in. This, I would have preferred a Paul Wall myself. But. I don't think Paul Wall can come to L.A. You know what I mean? He he. If <laughs> if he goes out of town for the weekend, the grill business kind of falls apart. He can't find a manager. Oh, I thought I thought it was like a warrant situation. You meant? Like oh no 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 no. He's he's clean now. Yeah, he's, he's he's cleaned. He's up, actually a little uh, too clean, if you ask me. I I would agree. I would agree. But yeah, so I got to see Ben. Got to catch up with him, which was which was very nice. We went to Major Domo last week. As much as I love a Sun Gold tomato, and they are nature's candy, a little heavy-handed with those with those major demo. Well, tomatoes are uh, should be used sparingly, if at all, and maybe only on a cold sandwich. I, I love the idea of a cold sandwich. Mm, I sure do want a cold sandwich. Right well, now. you know what I mean. Like a, a classic veggie sandwich is is not warmed up. I know what you mean. I'm just saying I like the phrase "cold sandwich." I could see you being That's the all. kind of guy that brings a sandwich on a plane, which is really depressing. But I could see you doing it. That's not depressing, bro. It, 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 it's it's less depressing than eating airplane food. If it's homemade, it's depressing. But you know, I put my fucking foot into that sandwich, bro. With my travel size Maldon, <laughs> people are. St- I, mu- I mustn't season <laughs> er- at home. I- it has to kind of be fresh, so the crystals pop in your mouth. You wouldn't get it. I've said too much. All right, let's give let's give Beach uh, a jingle. BJ Novak, live and direct from New York City. He's wearing the hot chick headphones. Nothing I'd love to see more. What's up, guys? No, I've been looking forward to this. Here we are. Okay, so are we the final stop on this never-ending press tour? Honestly, I've been looking forward to it. This is my this is my finale. Now I get to have have some actual fun. You know I'm a fan. You know I'm a listener. So you know I've heard my name. So uh, well, I, you I, we know that, but I don't know if all of our listeners are fully aware. Sure. Yes, yeah, so you could go on. Sure. I mean, you know, we don't want to do, stop. Do you. you kind of do a cute twenty on our journey together? <laughs> sure. Well, look, I think we're both in each other's sweet spots. Maybe. Uh, Maybe for slightly different reasons, but uh, you're definitely what I like to listen to. I, I touched on being Eskimo brothers. Oh, this I didn't know. Who's our person? <laughs> Who's our person? We don't have. I don't. It's I'm, not confirmed. It's not confirmed. It's just a feeling that a fella gets, you know. Okay, just you're doing numbers, and you're like, it must have happened. <laughs> we're in the same world. He pulled up the spreadsheet. He he did a screen share with the spreadsheet today, and we were kind of narrowing it down. Oh, my publicist. It, my but... publicist sent my kill list. That's. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's kind of it's like a money ball thing that I'll do on a whiteboard. That should not have happened. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I definitely know. I know the persona of mine that you portray on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm riffing on that. Uh, what What should we do for real? Uh, look, here's our here's our um, our docket today is Shintaro. Mm-hmm. What else? Okay. John Mayer. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Our dinner together. Uh, Nomi Fry. Yeah, we had an epic, epic okay, group yeah. with the two of you, yeah, Nomi, yeah. Kiernan. I believe it was actually John Mayer, B.J. Novak, Kiernan, and friends. Yeah, we were listening on, on Dumois listed us as friends. Oh, which I was a little, I was a little upset. Which, which by. I'm more than happy to take. I like to think they weren't wrong. 
I like to think they weren't. <laughs> that's sweet of you. Man. That's a better way to okay, look at so, it. Okay, so um, I like that you're the first guest that's ever come with uh, a docket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So first and foremost, you hit me up maybe a couple weeks ago. Like we got to talk about Shintaro, yeah. which is a sushi restaurant in Los Angeles that I've been going to for what seems like yeah. a couple of decades now. It feels like they're recently open on Sundays now. Did oh, you I see know, that? yeah, Shintaro yeah. update. Big, big Whoa, that's huge! I know, it's huge. They're open on Sundays, and they've also already done away with their shitty COVID parking lot seating out of respect for the guests, which is nice. It doesn't look as ugly from the street now. Oh wow, I have not been there in a while. I did not know about the Sunday. Monday is still closed, though, right? I think we're seven days. I think we're seven days. I think, I think we're touching done. seven now, BJ. I don't know. All right. Well, that's cool. Look, here's the <laughs> thing about Shintara. I've been going there for years. I love the discovery of it, mm. right? Like, that's the sushi spot you're looking for, the sort of good quality but neighborhood. It's not like a Katsuya, Nozawa. It's not like a fancy, but it's not like Sugarfish, like off the rack. <laughs> it's like your spot. Not off and, the rack. Um, and then... <laughs> No, like it's a bespoke. It's a bespoke. Yes, yeah, very but, bespoke. Very but, bespoke. But affordable. It's like a Subaru. What's a clothing brand that you would uh, align it with, Chris? Maybe like an APC or something. You know, reliable, not flashy, but but relatively affordable compared to mm, some other options. You know what I mean? Yeah, super good. So anyway, my my Shintaro journey or, or confusion or, or gaslighting Light me is up. that I was I was seeing I was seeing someone. No, and on her way. On, on her way out the door, on her way out the door, she said, and by the way, Shintaro sucks. <laughs> that was like her parting words. And I was like, fuck you. Like, no, it doesn't. And, um, and then nasty bitch. I ordered it. I ordered it the next day and it sucked. Well, and I was like, wait. First of all, you ordered it? Who orders it? We only go in for the ambiance. Oh, no. I get delivery all the time. It's great. I live right by there. You just, you're just up the hill, right? I'm just up the hill. And it's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's a really quick, it's, they're always there fast. And, and um, anyway, and it did suck. And I was like, oh, no. But then I heard you guys talking about it. And I admire your guy. I don't know what you said about me in the intro, by the way. But um, I like you. I don't know. I, I'm a fan. And I was like, okay, well, they have great taste. <laughs> So um, I'm thinking, okay, Shintaro was cool. She was wrong. Yeah. But, um, but now I'm all turned around. Well, okay. Well, I have a few questions. No, I, I want to know why this person got in your head so much. Mm-hmm. That's the real how issue. Hot, how hot was she? Because she must have had to have been extremely hot for you to have your er, world shaken by this. Right. To shake Shintaro, it takes a lot of cred. Um, yeah. I mean, of course. I've, I've never been with someone that I didn't like <laughs> – find attractive and respectable. Um, but so yeah, I did take it seriously, but here's the thing, like of all the places to go, of all the shots to take, it must've been top of mind the whole time. Had you been there? Had why you, go had there? You, that's what's scary. But had you been there recently with her and had she ever, no, no, it was no, that's why I'm, that's why it was so weird. It's like Eisenhower's Eisenhower's final address was about the military industrial complex. So like this was hers. And I was like, that is a weird choice. Like, you wouldn't just make that up. Of all the cards to pull, the Shintaro card. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I mean normally, yeah. you got a little dick, whatever, whatever you know, <laughs> talk shit on things like that are really going to sting, but... Well, it's got to be It's got to be something that you could... <laughs> something you could pass off as buying, you know? So... No, of course. You're, you're right. Jay- I guess she had to reach. Jason, <laughs> guys. Well, it, the, a good part about Shintaro, it is a local neighborhood spot. But it's also kind of dark and secluded, and you can kind of do a little 
first or second date, feeling it out. Oh, yeah. Not ready for a debut. Absolutely. At a, ta- Absolutely. At a Sunset Tower or a Chateau where you could be spotted, but you can kind of hide in the corner over there. And you're probably like, I know this great little mm. spot. It's so mm, and, mm. yeah. You got the Kurosawa movie playing. If if the conversation <laughs> lags, absolutely. Yeah, the sound is the sound is off, but you can focus on the visuals. The thing is that Jason yeah. likes to point out about Shintaro that seems rare and exclusive is that they do have a full bar. Okay, so here's also. the deal. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal. I wasn't going to bring that up because I think they're going to get in trouble. Because here's my theory. <laughs> I don't think they have a license for a full bar. But this is this is exactly why I fell in love with Shintaro. That I this is the part I wasn't saying is that almost no sushi place in LA has a full bar, and I love like a vodka with a with sushi. I love vodka. Yeah, I, I just want something bracing, you know, between bites. <laughs> mm-hmm. And in New York, it's no issue. Every sushi place has um has a full bar, but in LA, for whatever reason, it's beer and wine only. So you have to get shoju on the rocks to kind of mimic it if you want anything. But Shintaro will always serve you, but it's not on the menu and it's behind the takeout window. Uh-huh. And they got like one of everything. You want a scotch? It's J and B. Yeah. You know, like there's one option. Sure. And I think there's one shelf. There's I one think shelf. it's house party style. Okay. You know? I think she's like, uh-huh, yeah, give me a sec. But and I was like, I don't want to rat them out if like I don't know if the you know ABV <laughs> listens to your show. They, look, but, our, um, our reach is growing at a rate that that could be true. But yeah. I I can't leave out these important facts about this restaurant. It would if be anyone un- if anyone from the alcohol beverage whatever is listening ABV that's alcohol by volume. What did I mean to say AOC? Right, that's the wine thing. We don't talk. Um, we don't talk anyone, about AOC on this podcast. No, that's not our kind of podcast. But look, if anyone there, if anyone's listening. From that, just be cool. It's all good, That's man. Just be cool. Safe space, yeah. But are the drink because we went there for a birthday recently with a large group, and Jason uh, proceeded to get twisted off a mixture of, of course, the delicacies of the shoju and as well as some sake. But you also mix that with a traditional vodka drink, didn't you, Jason? My girl makes a terrible martini over there. <laughs> so, BJ, when you when you've been doing these pods, I, I first I, I did want to talk to you about your movie and the screener. Uh, it was it was sent to us, but I was unable to view it on my television. Dude, everyone told me that too. Okay, that um, makes me feel at better. At least it means everyone's trying. At least it means everyone's trying to watch it. Um, Anna Navarro at the at the View today had a similar problem. So you're in great company. <laughs> <laughs> I I unfortunately didn't even attempt to watch it because I would prefer to uh, go to the theater, pay my twenty dollars, and see it with my fellow comrades. But guys, I mean, you live it. You live it. I play a podcaster. Um, I, I play. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I play your. I play your vision of me as a podcast. I was listening to an interview with you earlier today, and you said um, you described uh, being a podcaster as pathetic. I just wanted you to. <laughs> no, no, I did not. I did not. I did not. No, you're I like described... I'm a. I'm a podcaster in the movie. Well, aspiring podcaster, even more pathetic. Oh uh, well, was I believe the quote. I know that you don't. I know you don't think that we are pathetic, but I, just I want you to. Expand. I don't. I think mm. you're cool, dudes. I pursued a friendship with you. Obviously, <laughs> I think you're cool. No, I, I meant to say that. I meant to say the aspiring is pathetic because it's an easy <laughs> yes. job to have. That's that's right. It is. All you need is anchor. It's no problem at oh, all. Man, give it a try. <laughs> no, I, I I think that the. I, well, I was saying this in the intro, and and we said this when we had dinner, but it's a little crazy that you made a movie like this and we aren't included in some way i mean it's not like ira glass is in it terry gross is in it okay well that's pretty good (laughs) (laughs) i did not um i did not know you guys then i didn't know you guys then and in fact we do have a shot of like two 
podcasters in Issa Rae's studio that would have been you, but I put our actual producers in there, mm-hmm. just like with headphones and stuff. So I'll just say they're playing you. That's all good. This could have been big for us. I just want to say that to you now. I don't think you need it, but... Um, but I, I would have loved the association. I really. We're would. looking for a Hollywood shaman, and you've taken the job unbeknownst to you. Well, what are you looking to do? Oh, I mean, all kinds of stuff. I'll be, I'll be an agent. I'll say, what are you looking to do, and then just ignore all of it. Do none of <laughs> okay, it. Okay. For well, I see myself as uh huh. Great. great uh-huh, <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Just some Pixar-based voiceover work for several Ooh. millions of dollars every year. How much voiceover work have you done, BJ? Or is that not your bag? I'm terrible at it. I've auditioned for things and I froze up. And once, actually, I was on This American Life uh, reading a story I'd written. And Ira Glass like gave me an hour's worth of notes. And his last thing, he just like, <sighs> okay. Like, that was it. He never said I got it. Um, so I think <laughs> okay. I'm bad at it. I think I freeze up. Or something. I was in the Smurfs 2. Mm-hmm. Smurfs and Smurfs 2. They had me back. <laughs> that I did not. Um, but no, I think I think voiceover... And I do think I have a very... Um, I think I, I have it in me. But I guess it's it's a weakness of mine as an actor. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, you're on How Long Gone. I mean, uh, yeah, exactly. This is basically a voiceover show. You One would think that voiceover acting would be easier than on-screen acting where you have to yeah. use your body and physical appearance as well. Right. You have nothing to hide behind, but... Neither of which I've gotten many compliments for. So you'd think <laughs> that it would be narrowed down in the voice thing, but no. They're like, I saw you on that show. You were on it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ira, Ira Glass is like, I saw The Office. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, so you, you had a story and it was like, act two, BJ Novak. He kept saying, no, 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 don't narrate it. Just say it like you're talking to me. So I did, I thought, but I, he was probably right. I probably was doing like a narration voice. Just do this really unnatural thing, supernatural and normal. I mean, it's the most common thing when you roll the camera on someone, you're like, oh, he'd be perfect, like a friend of yours. And they, when you know, when you're, you know mm-hmm. this, when you're conscious of it, you're completely different. So maybe I'm that way with voiceover. I think that the money's too good. Yeah, I think the money's too good to leave it on the table. We just need to get a coach. We're maybe. Work on that. The money is not. The money is not that good. I know people who do it. The money is good if you're like on Bob's Burgers season fourteen, <laughs> and they and they need you. What What about the What about the Mercedes Benz ad? Oh. That has to be hitting pretty good. But dude, I mean, if you're Mercedes Benz, what John Hamm adds to your vibe? Isn't it John Hamm? Yeah, I think Hamm. I think he's done it for a long time. I mean. You, but it has to be John Hamm. Yeah, that's like that's like a voice in a long running show. Has to be a real pussy wedding voice. Mm-hmm. I mean, your words, not mine. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just find I just find that it feels like the same way that celebrities are coming to take our podcasting money. Some of your little cohorts, and then yeah. and then also, I think voiceover should be left to people that are ugly. Yeah, I think that must be my problem, guys. <laughs> <laughs> too hot for pods um but no you guys i mean i met you in person you're um you're tall you're in great shape you're i think you're easy on the eyes like I, you definitely you are your own target in that thank you mm-hmm. bj so you're saying we might have a future i mean at least at least on youtube you know <laughs> Great, you, know, great. you could broadcast these at least. Yeah, I've heard that YouTube is kind of a great place for creators to get their start and kind of get their voice out. It's sh- it soon <laughs> enough. In all honesty, it will be the end point because this next generation, it's Netflix or YouTube. Do you know what I mean? Like ne- YouTube, people sleep on YouTube. YouTube is where everyone watches everything, and there is not like a it's cheap stigma 
to people who grew up with it. And yeah. it's just simple. It loads so fast. It's- but do you I, – I people say this to me all the time and I just – have never used it like that and never find myself using it like that. But like, do Jason, do you, do you BJ? I mean, do you actually watch stuff? I would yeah, 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 for sure. I don't, it, to me, it's just, I mean, but I think I'm too old to like feel natural. I mean, obviously I'll click on something if someone sends me something on YouTube, but no, I think it's for younger, like 13 year olds, 18 year olds. Yeah. I watched BJ on Colbert last night while I was brushing the teeth this morning in the bathroom on YouTube. Yeah, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You'll catch a clip from something on YouTube deliberately. But there are people who just like sit down and turn on That's YouTube. They, yeah. And that I think is going to be very big in the future. Yeah, we have a friend who's our age who does that. Yeah. And he's like, did you see this? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, oh, was, my algorithm kind of <laughs> hit, you know? Yeah. I'm like, are you just surfing YouTube like it's cable television? You know? Yeah, it's like long form TikTok. Great point. I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stay off of it. I don't. They want us on there. You know what I mean? These worthless agents. But I just you know doesn't feel right. So BJ on the on the film Vengeance, the the podcaster that you play. Did you have a podcaster in mind in real life who you're basing it off of, or was it just basing it off of yourself? But also, but now you're a podcaster. No, yeah, I think I I think I look and sound enough like a podcaster <laughs> that I was just like, oh yeah, people. I'd, I'd sure. obviously be this guy. <laughs> Quite plausible. Yeah, I felt like, why aren't I a podcaster? I'm definitely that um, that energy. Um, so he's trying to do something that's kind of like serial, mm-hmm. but I think he would like to be more of like, um, like I don't know, who's like, I guess it's Dax or Mark Maron, but like the Charlie Rose of podcasters is probably mm-hmm. what he would like to do. If serial fucked. <laughs> <laughs> um sure sure if sarah koenig yeah had some bde did you uh did you guys shoot in beautiful west texas we didn't do much we shot some exteriors there and we did a lot of the prep there mm-hmm. but because of the tax break we had to do it in new mexico which actually shares the same topography there's this valley that it, it straddles that we shot in in artesia so it was basically pecos texas but it was technically in new mexico most of the I've, sp- I've spent a lot of time in pecos you have a- no one's been to pecos i mean yeah i've because i've been to marfa a handful of times with people who like know the area and oh, they're look always at this fucking hipster BJ, it was 2012 okay it was a different time you know oh yeah i can't i was being paid i would like to i would like to add i don't go to texas i even though i love it i only go for money i have been to marfa i've been for to Marfa five times, so I'm just for, for a, the Marfa Film Festival or to find yourself to find myself to be myself. Um, no, look, Marfa is just beautiful. There's no arguing with it. It speaks my language. Like, of course, it's a cliche, but it's great. It's absolutely gorgeous. The art is really cool. Is it really that gorgeous? I've never been. Yeah, it's really that. Like gorgeous, the sun, yeah. sunrise, sunset, the shit they say about LA. It's like that, but better well you know the term magic hour which is sort of that final hour of sunset that looks incredible in film of course magic hour there is from like 4 to 9 (laughs) p.m yeah 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 you know it has this golden glow damn Mm -hmm. i didn't know that okay yeah no it's incredible chris so you were in pecos just checking out the dollar stores and stuff yeah but why would you go to pecos like even people in pecos would be surprised are surprised when people come to Pecos. just to drive just a quick drive-through not like did a dealer live there or something what is the backstory (laughs) no but this was this was one of my faithful trips was we got stopped by the uh, border control, which is a little more serious than the police. Oh, yeah. But this is a story, Jason, where I had the yep. this is when I had the weed strips. Mm. They were like Listerine strips, and I stuck them to dollar bills in a wad of cash, and the dogs didn't <laughs> smell them. 
So I was high as hell. BJ. So this is another phase of your life. <laughs> I've been through a lot of those. Um, I'm sure you can relate yeah. uh, as we get up there in years. You know, you kind of start to look back and there's some things you've done that are, um, you know, I wouldn't say regretful, but interesting to look back on. No, but you are sober. Yeah, yeah, you are yeah, sober, yeah. right? So, yeah, I mean, different phase. Yeah, yeah, but the border control is the scariest part of that trip for sure. Yeah, they don't play around over there, brother. Yeah, no, it's an intense place. And someone told me about this expression from a long time ago. There's no... There's no law west of the Rio Grande, and there's no God west of the Pecos. Wow, that's like that is yeah, that's a cool, very cool. cool expression about your town. That is very yeah. cool. L.A. doesn't have that. Yeah. L.A. does not have that. No, we have no God here. No, we're west of Pecos. L.A. is cool. L.A. is cool, but people don't know that. So you said that you're up the hill, so you're kind of like outposty area by the bull. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Where are you on the scale of being worried about doxing yourself? Uh, you mean saying my address? Yeah. Because you kind of have a little come and find me spirit to it, whereas whereas some <laughs> celebrities are like, can we can we cut that? I do not live in like like don't even tell me don't even say the state I live in. You know, I'm at that level where I'm right in the line between saying that as a joke and like should I say to that? <laughs> yeah, like I almost said it as a joke, and then I was like, well, I don't know. The only people I'm scared of, to be honest, are the Funko people. <laughs> so you know about the Funko collectors? Yeah. Okay, we're scared of them as well. <laughs> Well, so the Funko people, so basically there's a lot of people, there's a huge industry for autographs, I guess, on like um, eBay and stuff. So when people... Which still baffles me. Yeah, totally. So when people come up to people like me and they want me to sign, generally they have like a cast photo of uh, the office or something else I've been in and they, they're trying to get every signature and they're going to sell it. But then another thing they do is they have blank... Mm-hmm. glossy paper which somehow they superimpose on whoever they happen to get oh. as a photograph so these are the opposite wow these are the I didn't opposite of fans obviously but they're coasting on the uh-huh. goodwill of someone puts something in yeah. front of you and you're flattered and you sign it but then the funko collectors <laughs> i guess are nuts like comic-con levels so there's funko dolls everywhere and these are the most aggressive people i've ever seen and um they like they would dm me all the time in my like junkie uh, dm folder um, and then some, the, then like they tried to get in touch with me through other people I knew. And then, and one of them was like, I think there's two rival guys. And one was like, I will give you a briefcase with $10,000 if you come to this hotel and sign Funko dolls for like two hours. And, um, no, it just, yeah, it is such bad vibes. And then they sent like a plea to my house, to my home address. I don't know how they got it. But, um, what do you mean? Like a, like a handwritten letter? Like, what are we talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a handwritten letter. Like, please, I'm, I'm collecting these Funko dolls and, and I just really want your signature so much on them. Okay. So did, so that means they did they make like office Funko dolls and then you, yeah, you oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm yes, assuming. So I just wanted set. to make sure this is, these are BJ Novak Funko dolls. Well, or Ryan. You know, Funko dolls. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, I'm right. going to go I'm, after as soon as we finish this podcast, you know what I'm going to buy, Jason. Oh, <laughs> baby, I'm getting a VJ Novak Funko for the house. Oh, I, yeah. I want to know how much is the Ryan Funko with <laughs> and without an autograph? Sick. Like yeah. how much does the BJ Novak signature increase the price of the Ryan Funko pop? Do you know? I assume that it's only valuable if it's part of a complete office set. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. if it's not, I don't think it's worth anything. I'm realistic about myself. But um, <laughs> it's all good. Just happen to be a member of the team. <laughs> but a- then I'm thinking. So then, whenever I see these people, like they're all over New York, all over New York. Now they come up to 
in your car as you drive away, like block after block when you're in traffic. No way. It's like very dangerous, sketchy vibes. These are not fans, but they're clearly not fans. It's clearly a huge industry. These are just hustlers. So you feel like Princess Diana. I won't do Funko. That's like my policy. <laughs> and um, they kind of... That's like you're no anal. <laughs> they kind of accept it. No Funko. And then... Um, <laughs> No Funko? <laughs> got it, got it, got it. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget. Oh, but my point is like maybe if everyone else gives in and I'm the last holdout, I'm like the Joe Manchin of the of the Senate here. Like I control everything. You're going to be kidnapped. Yeah. I did. First of all, because the, the Funko store on Hollywood Boulevard is something that is, yeah. is there's a line 24 hours a day no matter what's going on. And the the... The thing I noticed most about it is the just absolute insane spread of people that are willing to wait in line really? to buy. It's like it's a melting pot of diversity. It's truly a melting pot of diversity, like much like Anthony <laughs> Bourdain in Houston. You know, it's like it's really. So you're saying the one the one good thing about America is the Funko doll. It brings us to it brings everyone together except for you, apparently. Well, now I now I feel really bad. Yeah, no, but it's it's been co opted like everything else great about America, right? It's co opted mm-hmm. by these you know cutthroat scalpers. But no, it's mm-hmm. I mean that's why I can't go see these barnacles. I can't go see Bruce Springsteen. I don't have five thousand dollars bj what am i supposed to do yeah you do yeah so, you i'm do. not gonna sell one of my funkos i'm not gonna sell my bj Novak this, show, funko. this show's getting pretty popular i think <laughs> i think you can do that so outside of because i because my apartment in new york is near the bowery so I, I walk by the bowery like almost every day there's almost always the yeah. autograph guys outside that's who i'm talking about i'm there right now yeah that's the crew yeah. okay that's the crew and have you ever had a situation where maybe you're strolling out, you're feeling yourself, you see all these people, and then, oh, you didn't realize like Jennifer Lawrence is behind you? Oh, it's 100% because <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence is there or Harry Styles or whatever. Like, they would never, okay. they would never pursue me. But if they're <laughs> already there, they will grab me. Sure, sure. Absolutely. So that's where I am. They're not pitching a tent out front because BJ Novak just checked in at room 713. No, but I'm I'm like the loose change that is on the sidewalk. Like they rob a guy and then there's like, uh, he goes, ah, and stuff falls out of his pocket. I'm the stuff that falls out of the pocket. So, but, but, but my question is, if, but if this is happening, this is, the, this is the time where they wouldn't have a picture of you. This would be a blank piece of paper because they're not prepared. You know, I was at LAX, I think because Focus Features is releasing Vengeance booked it. Um, and I think that list gets out. So they have a mole. No, but hold on. Oh, okay. This is all okay. interesting to me. I imagine to you and your listeners, but you know your audience. Cut me off whenever you want. But another thing that happens, and this happened on The Office too. So if they book travel through a studio, there is a mole. There is a plant at those places yeah. who sell the list of the travel they book mm-hmm. to people. So if I book my own travel, there's nobody there. But if a studio books the travel – at both airports, the one I leave and the one I arrive at, people are there with my stuff, my photos. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if they already know to be there, I mean, they're probably going to LAX for like 10 different people over the course of a few hours, but they do have my stuff, yeah. So the mole is is the travel agent at Focus Features is selling the manifest and with the times yes, and flight and this numbers is so not just catch focus. you on the way this in. Is every, they got one at every studio. Every studio. It's probably sure, a low-wage sure, sure, sure. job and all those guys, like the first thing you do when you get that job is someone's like, dude, you know how you really make them the cashier mm-hmm. and i don't think they need to root it out it's not like dangerous so far i love the underbelly you should of you should just fly private just to be yeah safe, why aren't though. you flying private are you good <laughs> i'm sure he is uh, to my five thousand dollar bruce springsteen concert i gotta make decisions in life <laughs> you're not you're not old enough to fly with your buddies to the bruce springsteen concert on the pj that's 60 plus 
That's real boomer hours. <laughs> oh God, God. That's the sad thing is the more the more money you get, the older you are. That's why guys like who <laughs> drive the Lambos in their twenties. Not that that's my style, but I think they're doing it right. People think they're blowing their money early. No, you want to put that in a four hundred one k, and then when you're sixty, drive around in a Lamborghini. It's pathetic. <laughs> like you should. That's a good point. You should spend that. You should spend that money young. It's pathetic to see someone drive older. the Lambo while your dick still works. That's what I said. No, that's true. Yeah, the Lambo hits different with Viagra. That's like bluffing and poker when you got a full house. <laughs> like that's like driving in a Lambo when it's working. Yeah. What if some things that you have blown money on, BJ? Because I know those checks were hitting when you were a young man. So what did you kind of splash out on? Uh, Don't say something responsible. Don't say a house. Not even a house. I rented a two-bedroom in Miracle Mile the whole run of the office. Um, <laughs> so no, I don't do that enough. That's why. That's why I'm like people should do that. Is because mm-hmm. it's something I I wish I did. Rented the two-bedroom in Miracle Mile, and that was back when Miracle <laughs> Mile wasn't that great. Uh, is it great now? <laughs> oh, dude. It's gotten a little it's better. It's the hottest spot. Miracle Mile is like the Midtown East or Murray Hill of <laughs> it is, LA. No, it right? is the Murray Hill of LA. Like, That's really good. In the last couple of years, it's come a long way, though. How? What? That terrible museum? There's a Sprouts now and some other stuff that Jason likes. <laughs> you know what's the ugliest building in the entire world, maybe? Is that the car museum? The Peterson Automotive Museum. <laughs> it's, I think, the ugliest building in the world. It, yeah. feel, it feels unsafe to drive next to. Like, I feel like a part of it's going to fall off and hit my yeah. hit my car. That feels like some insider trading <laughs> yeah. on that thing getting built. That yeah, feels it's... like some some glad handing behind the scenes. <laughs> okay, so BJ, you've never you've never done some irresponsible spending on something where you're like, I really regret that. That was stupid, but it doesn't matter because I have a lot of money. I've sometimes I bought some art that was pretty didn't appreciate. It was pretty cool or wild, and I was like, oh, this will appreciate. And now I'm like, nobody's going to want this. Mm-hmm. And that so that that has definitely. Sort of mistaken purchases would be that, but um. You remember any of those artists' names? No, even I don't know the names. That's <laughs> those are mistakes. Well, I mean, luckily because mm. of your friendship with Mayor, you always have like a watch counselor, so you haven't fucked up bad enough there. Because that's an easy thing to blow a hundred k on and feel like an idiot. Well, I mean, again, I wish I had because um, <laughs> because those watches have gone up like ten x. That's true. So, that's you know, true. you know, rich dad, poor dad, that book. Yes, yes. Like the rich dad, you know, I've been poor dad too much in my life. It's not smart. I want you to. I'm feeling bad for you, which I didn't expect on this podcast. Uh, well, that's sad. <laughs> I shouldn't because you're more successful than me, and you went to an Ivy League college. But somehow, I'm feeling you need to spend more on yourself, BJ. We want you to feel the rain on your skin. Yeah. No, dude. Look, look. A lot is going well. I just like, yeah, I. I'm in the Bowery. It's a great hotel. Like BJ, no, BJ, happy. I love I'm, the Bowery, and I know you're not paying for this. I'm talking about something that you're paying for. You know what I mean? I need you to get the Maserati truck, well, dude. I'm not like <laughs> you know. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not like like petty, frugal, or anything. But like, yeah, I don't no, know. No, you're not. It's hard to be. I don't. You you guys have swag. <laughs> like that's. Like, I want, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. BJ likes swag. Ashton Kutcher has swag. Like, I like being. Mayor does. I like being around these people. But I have this suburban side to me that's like will never quite be that. I, I appreciate you being honest about yourself and what you're comfortable with. Yeah. I think that's smart. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't drive a yellow Corvette either, so I'm glad that we have that in common. I'm kind of moving from swag into suburbia, though, so we're sort of like 
intersecting DNA bros. Wait, right what's now. going on in your life? <laughs> I mean, I, I used to just like live in Hollywood and party uh, every night and turn up and do all this swaggy shit. And now I live in like a, a, a peaceful, quiet neighborhood in Glendale and like, oh, that's cool. Wash the but car like, and shit. You but know? I feel like, like everyone who lives in Glendale does it in quotation marks. They're like, right? <laughs> yeah. Like how suburban is it? It's like cosplay for the suburbs. Everyone there is like, we're not really living in the suburbs. Is the vibe. well, it's it's I've, it's it's the best of both worlds because if you grew up in the suburbs in Iowa or Orange County or Massachusetts or wherever, and you come to LA and you're like, I love it. It's exciting. It's a, an urban landscape that's so fun. Yeah. But I sort of yearn for my suburban traditional roots and home. It's like okay, we put the suburbs ten minutes away. Okay. So you really do get the best of both worlds. It's not it's not stolen valor or false suburban honor. Whoa. I didn't expect uh, you to be so eloquent. I was just, I was just trying to riff. <laughs> I, I uh, never, I, I never suspect it, BJ. And sometimes he yeah, surprises yeah. me. It's a good friendship. These are the things I think about, guys. What is your relationship with with Boston? I love Boston. Um, I feel like it's Boston. Everyone loves to hate on it, but I think it's really pretty. I think the style is terrible. It's like. Um, and I'm not a stylish guy, as I said in particular, but like I can tell the difference. Like it's because I'm from Boston. Like you walk down like Newbury Street or by the the park, and it's like everyone is in like basketball short, like in the most beautiful, like expensive, chic neighborhoods. Like everyone's in like basketball shorts and um, like khakis, and everyone like it's it's weird to look around. I have a theory. Well, I, I was asking my brother about just... what his theory. What's your theory? Well, my theory is it's just all students and students for the most part, look like shit. Yeah, but the difference is, like, New York has art school students and stuff, you know, and a good influence. Boston is, like, science good point. students. Good point. Good and point. then it's so expensive that um, those Great people point. say there are no one goes to Boston because it's more affordable and they can get their start there. So, like, even, like, Detroit is going to have much better style or something because, like, that will happen. So that's mm-hmm. – I think that's a very good theory. Mm-hmm. But um, – and it, Boston is, like, it's a science town. It's a medical town. It's a academic town. So A racist town. That's what everyone says, but I don't. I I wouldn't know that. Like to be fair, do you know what I mean? So I don't. I don't know that world, and I do respect that I don't know that. Do you think there's any through lines between the West Texas kind of red state vibe and the and the the blue collar Massachusetts vibe? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think you know. Someone said to me that it's not what they took from the movie that is so true is that it's actually not red state blue state. It's country mouse city mouse which is a much cuter way to look at the national divide. And I think it's completely true. I don't know why we had to attach an adorable animal to that, but I well, like it. Well, it should make us feel better about the, the issues because, you know, in, in Texas, which is so red, you know, Houston, Dallas, Austin, Marfa, you know, these towns are all blue mm-hmm. and the state is like 48% blue. But, um, but you picture this big red state. And then in Massachusetts, if you drive right side of Boston, it's Trump signs, you know, any rural place in California, too. Thank God. Thank God for Worcester. <laughs> thank God. Sure, sure. So you drive in any direction in any in California, too. So it's really city mouse, country mouse. And I feel like that is a classic children's. We're all mice at the end of the day. If I were like Paul Krugman or something, mm-hmm. like I would, that's what I would title my book and be like, we can all, how America's divide, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I would love to read that. Doesn't that feel like a neoliberal like um, treatise? Yes. Country Mouse yes. City Since Mouse? Since you have a little experience in, in children's book writing, you know, Country Mouse City Mouse. A little? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, how many books have you written? 
one, but it was you it know, was a big motherfucker, pretty pretty funny one. <laughs> yeah, it was a very good yeah. one. No, yes, one exactly one. Yeah, I could write country mouse, city mouse, and yeah, really be about how we all need to understand each other. Only if you want to bring our nation back together again, you should write that book. But otherwise, don't bother. It's not your responsibility, but it feels like you could maybe make a dent. You're the man for the job. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about red, the the vengeance of red state. <laughs> That power of wanting to seek vengeance is a little bit of like a country mouse thing, more so than a city mouse thing. I don't think is, so. Is I think I don't think so. Um, okay. I, I think with a gun for sure. I mean, the the concept of sort of um, you know classic vengeance, which involves a gun, etc., and even right. the word vengeance. Like people out here um, where I am, like obviously at the Bowery, they don't talk about I want vengeance, but they do. Like there's everyone wants to crush their enemy, their rival, they want more money, they want to see other people fail. I mean, that is now we're talking. that is all around and that is vengeance, of course. You know, <laughs> I was wronged and now I'm, you know, et cetera. So I think it's just not with a gun, but it's extremely universal. Okay. It's just un- in a different label. Do you do you think well, I guess in terms of speaking about vengeance with a gun, do you think we all sort of or like why we're so why we gravitate towards vengeance films and books and stories? You have to have a reason to kill like do you think we all kind of have that animal vengeance fire kill inside of us and yeah. we need vengeance to sort of justify that killing the the movies and stuff yeah absolutely i mean everything that is in movies has got to be because we feel it or I'm, well I'm, you know. i guess i'm talking about le- i'm less talking about fictional films oh. and do you think like that that's inside of all of us like human beings like that million million year dna oh inside yeah of yeah us of course that, yeah that wants to kill and the, the current version of us needs a reason. To I, yeah, I, I bet some people are more in touch with that side than others, as with all sides. Mm-hmm. I think I'm less in touch with that side, actually, than other people. But um, but maybe it's just buried deeply. I got that. I got that <laughs> dog in me. That's I got good, that dog good. in me. I want to kill. I want to kill a motherfucker. They l- lucky. I can't get a gun <laughs> in California. You know, you're lucky. Yeah. Not yeah, you personally. Yeah. I just mean in general. Well, yeah, Chris, sure. you do have that vengeance dog inside of you. Which I think, I mean, it's it's healthy to have a little bit of that, but at a certain point. Well, I just want, I think BJ said it best. I just want to crush all the competition and take their money. Right. And I think that's healthy. But did they, did the competition do something to you? Yes, they entered my sphere and thought they could eat <laughs> a bite of my fucking blueberry pie. And unfortunately, we ain't selling slices today. You know what I'm saying? I like that you stuck to the blueberry pie metaphor. Uh, you, you, like, I didn't think you were going to follow through on that. But you know the Michael in the Michael Jordan doc, like when he invented that someone slighted him. Just yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, that's me. You know? That's me exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, these guys started a podcast. Well, that feels like it's competitive towards me and Jason, and we need to make sure that they don't get a single penny from Nissan. Oh yeah, it's like, oh, you think you're better than me? Oh, you think you can enter this? It's like they weren't exactly. thinking that at all. They liked you. <laughs> exactly. They wanted to be like you. We're all you. friends. We're all friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. are are you going to be now? Are you getting the returns? You know, this weekend? Are you checking the numbers? Are you reading Deadline and and Variety? It's like a limited release. It's not going for the uh, Secret Life of Pets or Marvel audience. Mm. So I think for what it is, it's doing very well. Um, But when I was growing up, like they'd publish the box office numbers and it would be Mm -hmm. like a thing. Now, I think 
a couple years later, has everybody kind of seen it mm -hmm. and talked about it? Like to me, that's the ultimate. And I feel like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that is more what I hope for than like the number was this, not that. With deals like this, if it's going to get theatrical release, which, you know, at this point, I feel like that's a decision people make, honestly. Yeah. You know? yeah. But, but like, is the idea like, all right, it's going to run for this long in these kind of theaters. And then have you already sold the rights to streaming or does that come after the theatrical run? Um, no, they, they, do everything. I mean, it's such a... It's all at once. Oh, well, they, you know, Universal is the studio. So they test the movie. Mm -hmm. They decide, are we going to release it in theaters? How many theaters? Sure. And then generally they deal... Then they you rent it on iTunes or Amazon for a few weeks after mm -hmm. that. And then it goes to Peacock in this case, because it's Universal. Oh, yeah. the, oh, Peacock. One of my favorites. The old cock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You and the cock have a long-standing relationship, so I'm glad that you could kind of. All right, that's that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Come on, bro, come on. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to go. Uh, is it playing at the Americana? Do you know that, BJ? That would be a dream. I love that place. <laughs> do you follow that that meme account? Yes, I Americana do. Americana brand memes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. A lot of gold in there. Well, where am I? Where am I going to go see it in LA this weekend? Because I I have to go see it in the theater now. He doesn't know. Yeah, because your link didn't work. I'm sorry. No, no. I'm, but I'm I'm happy to support. I think the Alamo Draft House downtown is playing it. That's a good theater. BJ, what else you got? Oh, what BJ, got? we're not going right. downtown. Give us a better option. I think you got the Grove. You got the Grove. <laughs> you know, I don't know. The ArcLight was like my like my go to. And I don't, I don't, everything is scattered to me now. Maybe there's somebody who's connected to the film that you can ask where it's playing at. You want, you want to just hold on for a bit and stall while I no. go on Fandango? I'm, no, I'm looking it up. I'm I love, up Fan, right I love Fandango. I think that's a great, thank you for calling them out. Because if I'm going to be, you know, I'm not a big movie guy. So if I'm going to be forced to go to the theater, I love the ease of Fandango at my fingertips. And it's at the Americana. No way. Oh, it is. Yeah. Caruso's there right now. <laughs> checking it out he watches every movie you know to make sure the projections right <laughs> <laughs> yeah caruso is a big cinephile that's the thing about He's it like that walt disney really that's, <laughs> that's why he does it that's why that's he does why, it and that's why all three of us voted for him right bj mm -hmm, all three <laughs> <laughs> oh shit oh i'm nomi nomi oh, is Caruso. i need to know what nomi thinks of this i don't know what to make of this conversation what do you mean? I'm gonna have a text. Don't worry, I edit it. I edit everything, BJ, and it'll it'll come out great. What do you think about editing a podcast? Do you think I it should think be? You, I th I think you do not edit a podcast. I don't. Oh no, Jason! You. No, Jason! I think no, they Jason! Right out. Yeah, Jason really? will edit this for four hours as soon as we finish. Oh, but you release them so quickly after the conversation. That's right, BJ, because we're not these lazy Hollywood layabouts. You know what I mean? We have to work. Whoa, dude, you're a fire. You're no one's taking your blueberry pie. We're blue. <laughs> we're, we're blue collar. You see, BJ, we're blue collar podcasters. We're not. Nobody's booking our flights. You yeah. know what I mean? It's kind of like we got. If we don't do it, nobody's going to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Country mouse. It's, it sucks. I mean, you know better than I do, and maybe I don't know the finished product, but. Honestly, like when I listen, I listen to a few podcasts and you know yours is one of them. And I just like the voices. I don't really need highlights. Mm. You know what I mean? I just want to feel like people are around that like, oh, I like that. I like yeah. um, that vibe around. It's just a frequency while you're doing the dishes. That yeah. So to me, if you, if you or other people put on like, I don't know, just threw up two hours or whatever, like it's fine. I just leave it on. I like it. Okay. It's just when there's all those ads, that's when it's. 
so annoying. Yeah, I, I agree, but unfortunately, I we mean, try to keep the ads in one little chunk. No, look, I, BetterHelp is saving lives. I get it. It's just it really like, is. It really is. You know, and if you, you use listen if, to it, if you use our code, how long uh, you can receive yes. a discount? Well aware. Okay, well I just want to make sure. I didn't. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. I'm sure you can afford real therapy, but BetterHelp's a good option if maybe your therapist is out of town because a lot of people go on holiday during August. You probably. I'm, I'm sure BJ has had a therapist. For a good amount of time, have you stuck with one for a long time, or do you do you bounce around? Yeah, I'm clearly so um, healthy, and um, <laughs> is that why you say it? It's like, you, man, you're in great. It's like if I said, if it's like if I said to you guys, like you must have a trainer. You're like you must have a therapist. You are very psychological. It could go another way. It's like, oh, you really need help, so I had to get a trainer. Look, I get it. I look Jewish. I look Jewish. Um, <laughs> there's that. There's that. Sure. There's that. Yeah, no, I do have a therapist. I, I am in therapy. It's been very helpful. I believe in it to a point, but I feel like we've gotten. I'm a little sick of the like burnout culture. You know, everybody being like, I can't answer texts because I'm just burnt out. Right. You know, I can't like the the idea of calling a workplace and telling them you're burnt out you can't work and they have to allow that and pay right. you seems insane to me that's insane uh, yes i know what you mean but also if there's a big problem which there is like i don't know where it gives if you don't do that you know i don't know where it gives because you I should you, not th- you should not be in a job where that hap- where you are burnt out to the point that you are your mental health is at risk and you shouldn't be hiring an employee who would be that way but in this society where everyone is squeezing everything to the margins for profit as much as you possibly can, like, I don't know, like something needs to be protected. So yeah, I think it's bullshit too, um, in isolation, but in this world, like it might be really important. I just think it's a boy who cried wolf situation. I think some people it's very real. I think some people are taking advantage of the current landscape. Oh yeah, absolutely. Or when people say, like, hospitalized for exhaustion. I'm always like, how do I know if I have that? Like, what does what? that mean? And also... How do I know if I have that? How do I know that? if I have that? Like, what is that? Like, Chris knows did, what that means. How did people, like, look at someone and be like, oh, she's exhausted. Get her to a hospital. Like, what is the... My favorite is Lyme's disease. <laughs> It's, it, look, it's a euphemism for something really bad. I just don't know. Yeah, yeah it's called drug. And it's like, called drug like, overdose is what it's called. I'm sure there's that. But there's also like, dude, you're acting. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a nice euphemism for something bad. And then in the old days, like nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. He had a nervous <laughs> breakdown. What did it look like? I do not understand. <laughs> I believe we call that now a panic attack, which I feel like, uh-huh. I feel like, okay. Manic episode, manic episode also works. It, it, okay. it just depends on how you're, you're totally right. It depends on how your publicist wants to spin it. You know what I mean? Right. It depends on how many blackberries you threw at someone's head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How many blackberries? That's funny. Like that's such a, like, like you're specifically picturing like 2011. Is how <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of when Chris, you know, when people say they're set in their ways, yeah, he's set in 2011. That was the best in time in America's way, you history. Know? You know, it's- music culture. Okay. Give me a time capsule of 2011 on the spot. What's going on in 2011 in culture? I, I honestly don't. I mean, my culture, Oxycontin and marijuana was probably what was going on in my Back what- 2011. We didn't have all these non-binary mumbo jumbo. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so hard to remember. It is such a blur. No, it's hard. Everything it, no, since yeah. 2001. So, like, honestly, if you had to set a film in 2011 and someone said, all right, just give me a sense. What kind of music? What are people wearing? What What are people watching? What's the vibe? Like, can you rattle that off in 2011 or not at all? Clo- clothing-wise, yes. Clothing-wise, yes. What? 
like it what? was like menswear 2.0 like everybody's wearing hard bottom shoes and like raw jeans and collared shirts for sure okay in new york okay, that, great that, answer that is for sure what's on the radio that's a good that's a good question i feel like it's like kings Rihanna. of leon no yep. kings of leon's before that i think i think kings Whatever. of leon's before that i feel like it's a little okay. more rihanna like beyonce like that kind of rihanna featuring calvin harris yes exactly jason your favorite song of okay. all time i think that is 20 i think that feels 2011 who is on the cover i could be wrong Who's, you walk through an airport who is on the magazine covers Clooney, always. Okay, you're good at this. I would not. <laughs> Clooney, Clooney, you can say Clooney any de- any decade. He's on a magazine. But that's cover. the thing, the any decade thing. That's where I think we're in an any decade century. Sadly, I don't know when the 20s kicks in. You know, when people are like, oh, that's so 20s. Like, I thought the first two decades. It's like, well, this is a big pile of mush. I wish someone would name these decades, but at least the 20s will have a clear identity. And so far, I don't. I don't know if they will. It's. I mean, there's a lot of bleak, scattered. Well, do like, you think? What do you think? Stuff, your, what What is your peak? Like, obviously, your career is going quite well, and you've had some, you know, some different phases that have all been pretty successful. What yeah. is your What are your peak years so far? Oh, I mean, to a fault. <laughs> I mean, to a fault. It's got to be like. 2009 or something okay yeah okay like, so you know 2009 I mean. you were really feeling yourself that's when his nuts were hanging the lowest to the earth's <laughs> surface i mean if you if they still made history books and there was like a chapter on like <laughs> pop culture and like you're just paging through it and just my picture is in there somewhere you'd be like oh shit what is that 2009 <laughs> <laughs> like so far so far i mean i'm working on new things but to, to realistically summarize where i am in that book it's like oh shit bj novak sure 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 what is that like sure, 2009 sure, sure, sure. yeah yeah i know him okay that's that's a good that's a good way to look at it that's a good way to look at it yeah i think that i am i think i'm having a renaissance right now actually I think I've peaked and valleyed, and now I'm coming close to another peak again with help from my friend Jason. Um, yeah. But I feel like we can have two or three of those, and unfortunately, oh, yeah. society has beat us into thinking that if you don't have like a hit single by the time you're 20, your life is over. Right. I mean, a lot of the legends, when you look back in the history book, like as a writer, like Mark mm-hmm. Twain, like he hit it in his mid-40s, you know what I mean? Like, and you don't think of yes. it like now he's like an iconic old man or Larry David, you know, like these are people mm-hmm. that like in the distant future, no one cares if it was when you're young. It's just like when you're good. Mm-hmm. So I think there's that. But also like I always noticed as a kid, like Marlon Brando as a movie fan, like he had 1950s Marlon Brando was like the biggest thing in acting and film mm-hmm. ever. And then mm-hmm. it was like, you know, then he was the for- the former Marlon Brando in the 60s. And then it's like the godfather (laughs) Marlon Brando, Apocalypse Now. So I do feel that like, yeah, people definitely have phases, but the phases have those valleys in between and then you do something else. So I'm definitely at 2009 at the moment, but you know, you don't know. You don't know when my fat godfather phase is coming. The the bottle of BJ is is in the wine cellar. Yeah. Open it up in 2027. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Now, are we going to make are we going to make more movies or is this thing a pain in the ass and you're all set? No, I definitely want to make I mean to come making a movie is such a hard thing to get them to let you do and um and to learn how to do. Cuz you cuz you bullshitted your way into this a little bit, right? For sure. <laughs> how do you not? And then to be able to Yeah, if you're able to do it, I mean, I think 
you got it. You got to keep doing it. And I want. Yeah. Once you got your foot in the door, you got to go all the way in. Yeah. I say this all the time on this on this show, though. I think like making a movie seems like about the hardest art form because it requires so much money and so many people to like do it on any sort of scale. Yeah. That it seems like insurmountable to me. It's, like, I don't it's extremely hard for that reason. And the hardest part that you kind of don't know before you go in is that that combination of people and money means that everyone is trying to whisper in your ear um, to, you got it, move on, wrap it up. This is great. I think we're done with this. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. So you're being kind of complimented uh, in a gaslighty way by everybody whose only goal <laughs> is to not get yelled at for going overtime and spending more money. So that combination, it's very hard to focus and sort of be hard on yourself when there are people praising you falsely <laughs> for their own sinister reasons. And honestly, that is, it's a hard thing to navigate because you also need a lot of outside opinions. Sure. You need to know, am I, cause you're too close to it constantly, but all the people around you have all these other motives. And by the way, I worked with great people. I think they were also in their own. Yeah. It's just the nature of the beast. It's, not, I mean, it's, it's just the nature of it. Yeah. Who did you show who saw this first that wasn't involved? Uh, great question. I don't remember. I did show it to people. I just don't remember who was the first. No, no, of course. I know. I, I meant like if there's somebody, you know, people have like a first reader, you know what I mean? No, I do. I do generally when I, um, I do generally when I write a script, but for the cut, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Zip it over to Mindy. See what she thinks. Something like that. Mindy's sort of the last person I showed it to because I'm so nervous. About what she it's weird. She tells me it sucks like no matter what. So I don't really know what to do. Um, she's just she's very opinionated and, and very smart. But I don't necessarily agree with her opinions too. But I admire them. So it's it's a real head fuck. I don't. Yeah, I, I think the taking the, the level of criticism you have to take because the reviews, I mean, I've seen them. They're pretty positive like so far from what I've what I've seen. You know, every like like. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. You're certified fresh on the tomato meter. Oh, You're yeah. You're certified yeah. fresh. Yeah. But I mean, I, I do think that like after spending this amount of time and money on something and then showing it to someone and then being like, yeah, it means, you know, okay, you made a movie. You know, I, I feel like that could be, um, have you learned to take those body shots or does it still hurt? Dude, I feel like my whole career is learning to take body shots. <laughs> <laughs> definitely my whole public. Um, yeah. Um, no, it's definitely a constant. It's definitely a constant thing. It's a constant pounding. Learning that. But, you know, then if you – I have noticed if you look at the people that you admire, if you were to, like, read a message board about anyone that you're a fan of, mm-hmm. there's so much negative stuff that you filter out. Like, I love Nathan Fielder, right? Mm-hmm. And then I just notice, like, oh, now Nathan Fielder is, you know, being, like, like – He's gotten big enough to where he's getting negative – press or negative opinions exactly but like it doesn't stick like in a million years i wouldn't run into nathan fielder be like bro having a tough week you know it just it would (laughs) go right off me he's fucking nathan fielder anyone who doesn't like him is is irrelevant but when it's you um of course you think that that is the universal consensus it's never no matter who you are it's not the complete consensus but you know, all of us, we notice the negative and no one else is even really thinking about as much at all. And if you don't like someone, but they make a movie you like, great. And vice versa. You know, my point is, if you look at anyone you admire, you're going to see that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you just need, it just means you're, everyone is not for everyone. That's another thing I've learned, which is that, you know, Dave Chappelle is not for everyone at all. You can be sort of the greatest at your field. You're not for everyone. And I think there used to be in the George Clooney 2011 world, <laughs> George Clooney was for everyone. And if, if George Clooney wasn't for somebody, 
there was something troubled about that guy. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and for sure. Now, like, what happened to you? Yeah, and now there, no, nothing is for everyone. So I do think that is different. And we all kind of, and I think I grew up in a time where I aspired to be like, I'm going to be like for everyone. I'm going to be like those people. And um, I'm, I'm definitely not, but nobody is too. No, that's that's good advice. That's good advice. Great advice, and hopefully you take some of that, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I'm. You know, I'm. I'm. I'm doing my best, but I. I mean, that's why I don't have a gun. You know, like I said earlier. Where yeah, Where are you both right now? I feel like I can never keep tabs on which city you're in. We're in L.A. You're both in L.A. I'm in Glendale right now, baby. You both own or rent like permanent places in L.A. and not New York. Correct, but Chris has an apartment in New York as well. Got it. I have an apartment. In, I have an apartment in East Village. Yeah, I'm actually. We're going back tomorrow. Chris is off to Europe. For a, for a holiday vacation and a wedding, and I'm going out there in like a week and a half okay. or so. We'll be podcasting in Tuscana. That's amazing. Oh, how was um how was Mexico City, TJ? That was like six months ago, right? It was about six months ago. Yeah, I had a good time. I had a good time there too. We had a great deal. We went with it's David Cho. It's and, the worst and city in, a, Cho, in the North America. He texted me like a ahead. week ago saying like, "Hey man, I, thanks for <laughs> hanging out and inviting me to Mexico City. I had a really fun time." And I was like, "Really? Okay. Okay. Good for you." Yeah, that's a that's the thing that we th- we think about and talk a lot about on this show is Chris and I sort of have a shared bond in being uh, unable to enjoy ourselves fully mm-hmm. on vacation. Do you uh, where do you where do you sit on that scale? Um, I think I'm trying to figure it out too. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm, I also think I realize about myself that I'm going to do the same thing no matter where I am. So it's just going to be. If I'm at Lake Como, it's going to be a prettier gym, but yeah, I'm going yeah, to do yeah. the same thing. <laughs> and, and like, I'm going to send those emails, but the Wi-Fi is just going to be a little bit worse, you, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's going to cost me ten thousand dollars. I travel alone a lot because I'm often not with somebody, and I'm like, oh, I'll just write there, and like that'll be a nice place to write, and that will be my mm-hmm. sort of um, my way of not feeling like lonely or pointless being in another place. But then, um, then I don't really. I'm never on vacation either. Because I'm like, all right, time to really write. So. But that sounds like a vacation to me, though, being alone and just riding in a hotel same, room and same. smoking yeah, yeah. cigarettes out the window. No, it's, it's, not, it's not bad, but it's also like writing is stressful, too. Mm-hmm. So you're like, fuck, I can't crack it. Like, I suck. And then, you know, you're in Paris. So <laughs> that's not really vacation. I, I told this, I listened to the, I told this anecdote on the show, but I listened to this uh, podcast with Sofia Coppola where she was talking about her dad would go to um, Vegas to write is that is that what he said yeah 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 he's yeah 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 Yeah. well he said that it it was because daddy has to go write again (laughs) it was because he could go there for a week and it was like you could get whatever you want 24 hours a day so you could just kind of sequester yourself and do your thing you know so a turkey club a prostitute boom we get the godfather i actually i have written in vegas um actually because the weekday rates are insanely cheap. <laughs> it's like $39 yeah, to see no. the win on a Monday. <laughs> and it's really inspiring in terms of it's like like literally tumbleweeds through Las Vegas Boulevard. Uh-huh. You know, it was cool. You zip over from Burbank, $79 flight. Oh, only Burbank on Southwest, yeah. BJ's not BJ's not taking Southwest. You know he's a JSX guy. Wait, no, I've never... Jet Suite? That thing? <laughs> no, this is, this is... What's JSX? I don't get the point of those... Semi-private things at all. It's the, the point is you pay eight hundred dollars to sit next to eight people instead of a hundred, and the eight people are all sort of rich instead of not rich. I don't mind air travel. I don't, and I do fly Southwest, and I, it's like an extra twenty nine dollars to be like guaranteed boarding group A. Mm-hmm. But then they have, then they, 
the disabled and like military and all these oh, people. The, high, I was, cheat the system. high numbers yeah, are military. I actually, I had it in my movie and then I cut it because it was such a long <laughs> setup, but my character had A1 Southwest and then they boarded this like disabled convention. There we go. <laughs> and he ends up in a middle seat, but that's how I feel. Like there was a disabled convention going to Memphis and I got nothing. <laughs> That's, um, really That's really funny. That's really funny. When you when you shot that, you did you did you shoot it and you cut it, or did you cut it from the script and never shot it? I cut it from the script. You have to be so judicious about like you know something like that. It's a whole location. Yeah, it's like forty extras. It's forty wheelchairs, and like when you're running long, when the movie's long, it's the first thing everyone's like, cut that. That's pointless. The one that is so, probably going to get cut for fifty thousand reasons. Yeah. Uh, the other thing. In your mind's eye, really quick, in yeah. your mind's eye, what what was the disability this person had exactly? It was it was a lot of people. Oh, oh it, was, it, was, it was like forty people in forty wheelchairs. Yeah, it was like it was like a convention. It's like yeah, they're all going to the Memphis. whole flight is disabled. Not the whole flight, but like the whole like there was some convention of the disabled in Memphis or something, and there were like a lot of people switching in like West Texas. <laughs> That's the Memphis I know. <laughs> the other thing that was covered. Like the other thing that was cut for time is just like two minutes of screen time that I couldn't do. But like, you know, when you call a hotel and you have one question, like, can I get a bucket of ice mm-hmm. or something? Or like, how late mm-hmm. is the bar open? And you call down and it's like, uh, Holiday and Express, West Memphis, we are here to serve you 24 hours a day of one of our seven locations. My name is Sandra Jean. How may I assist you? And you're like, I'm, I just want to interrupt them. And then... You call back and they do the same thing again. Mm-hmm. So I had my character. I thought it was really a funny <laughs> observation. My character, like every time he's trying <laughs> that to do something, it like takes him another minute. <laughs> but like that's the kind of – that would have been cheap to film, but that's like screen time. And then there's no movie that anyone's ever like, I wish it were longer. Like <laughs> you always want to try to get it to like 90 minutes. So those are the first – everyone always wants to cut little things like that. So I did get to keep some in the movie because I think – I live for those things, oh, yeah. but um, you just have to really choose them carefully. Those are those little bits that stick with certain people forever. Yeah, and they are the things that when people come up to me, they're like, "I loved that." I'm like, "For sure." In terms of revenge, Chris, I <laughs> always think of I always think of the person who told me to cut it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah oh yeah, yeah." yeah, 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 yeah I like that line too. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I like that line too. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I w- quickly before we wrap up here, um, I just wanted to get your kind of appetizer order at the uh, at the bungalows because um, I've kind of honed in on what mine is. I just want to compare and contrast. Okay, first of all, <laughs> bungalows. <laughs> the move at the bungalows is to San eat Vicente dinner. bungalows for our <laughs> listeners at home. The move is to eat dinner first. Yes, <laughs> the move is to eat dinner. That's first. why I said appetizers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then you snack on an appetizer, absolutely. That's on account of the food being inedible, right? Yeah, you get the grilled avocado, right? I've had that once, but I the buffalo cauliflower is the best thing there. Grilled avocado, huh? A guy like you is eating the buffalo cauliflower? Feels off, doesn't it? That is not a healthy order. Well, it's the best thing it's the best thing on the <laughs> menu and it's because I have it at Erewhon and I like it. It's it blows my mind how much better it is when it's fresh. Erewhon, look at this guy. Um <laughs> And then what about the zucchini chips or the chocolate chip cookie? The chocolate chip cookie is also the best thing there. So you're really indulging when you go to bungalows. That's your cheat day. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't eat like, I mean, I get a piece of salmon to eat, but it's like, what am I going to do? Like, you can't eat like, it's not what it salmon is. Salmon is my, it's both my favorite food and the biggest bummer at a restaurant. <laughs> yes. Because it's, because it's zero fun. It's zero. It's not good. It's zero fun. It's so obvious. 
you're not out. You should be ordering. Yeah. You should be ordering like you're a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, salmon is a lunch food, not a dinner food. I say that is a good uh, call. Oh, okay, Jason says the guy who eats lunch. First of all, I mean that's crazy. If one were to eat lunch, a fresh salad and salmon al fresco would be would be wonderful. Here's okay. my um. Back in 2011, when I ate lunch, <laughs> my my call is I think if we got rid of entrees. The world would be a better place. I think. I agree. I've, I've, I, I agree. I Appetizers agree. to dessert—that is a winner. Um, like, mm-hmm. if I ever have a wedding, <laughs> hard to picture. No, if I ever have a wedding, <laughs> that's how I would do it. But wait, wait do you, you drink coffee, both of you, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What's your coffee spot? I mean, it depends on. Don't say Arrow. No, 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 no. <laughs> no one can afford. I go that. to. I mean. The best in LA is probably Maru, but it's too it's kind of far now. Oh, I learned about that from you, I think, or the person who told me about this podcast. You like it. Jason, you like Maru, don't you? Yeah, Maru's great. They have the they have my favorite ice matcha latte in town if that's your bag, BJ. Um, but isn't the line forever and I don't live in Los Feliz. I don't I, like I have to go over there today, so I'll do it. The, people complain about the line. I go at like two o'clock and it's fine. I think if you go at nine a.m. like a person without a job, no offense, then it would then it will be kind of backed up. And Colin Farrell's there in his truck. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a scene. That's cool. But no, I mean coffee. Coffee is good. Sight glass is good. Wait, I don't know these places. Are these Los Feliz? No, coffee. Coffee's on Fairfax. Those are both in Hollywood. Yeah, coffee. Coffee's on Fairfax. No way. And Sight Glass is across from Gigi's on like Willoughby. I don't know either of those. I love Go Get Em Tiger. What's your take? Yeah, I like the product. I hate ordering like i'm at a bar okay sure but the lines aren't terribly long are you an investor bj uh no uh no i don't think so i can't wait till like i have to think and not forget if i invested in something what do you get yeah what yeah what do you invest in if you can't remember i'm sure that oh i have like i'm in a group that invests in things so like the group invests in things okay so well first yeah that's great and all but let's talk about your investment portfolio just before we wrap up here what are we what are we looking at uber uh anything raya do we what else do we invest in no 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 i haven't i'm not in either of those raya please um what am i i have uh i have all the things that went way up and then went way down yeah i think i'm just in the general stock market but i i'm in a group of people that invest in things mm-hmm. and so everyone kind of is like yes or no on this and then the group puts in money. So I think they did on Go Get Em Tiger. I hope they did. I love it. I think they did. But I'm not. That's why I'm not sure. It's not like I am so out of touch about my own money. Is it business people or actors? Uh, it's like a combo of people. Good. Because I, I wanted to make sure it wasn't actor led. You know what I mean? Because you guys aren't kind of known for your business. It's just acumen. some general Hollywood power players. Yeah. You know yeah, I mean? exactly. I, want, I hope there's right. an agent or two in there because I, I don't I don't want to leave it up to you guys. Well, the agents can really lead you astray with investments, actually. They're always pitching some liquor company that I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, another vo- another vodka? I'm good. I'm out on this. Yeah, one. who's behind this one? Nas? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Nas is heavily invested in many. But for things. every Nas alcohol, there's a fucking you know Casamigos or whatever that there's makes a Ciroc. Billion. There's a Ciroc. No, no, I'm into. I I agree. I'm into that. But I haven't I haven't been pitched anything I missed out on. Um, That's good. But, That's yeah. a good feeling. That's but I don't feeling. believe I don't really I don't believe in that very much. I think that there's enough up and down if you're in this business, and like I feel like every day is kind of like you know the phone rings and you're like what's what's going to happen? Is this every day is the stock market when you're when you're in Hollywood? Yeah, so like I don't need to like my dad watches the stocks every day and his mood is affected. Yeah. And I remember growing up and it's like I don't want that. Your life is a stock already. Yeah. And your mood is affected by it. Dash them jeans. Dash them jeans. You should put that. You should do Instagram quote cards. 
It'd be really we've, sweet. We've thought about that. He could be the male, the male rookie cower. Yeah, he's he's well on his way. Um, <laughs> all right, BJ Novak. I love talking to you guys. Vengeance is in is in theaters now. Run, don't walk mm-hmm. to the AMC mm-hmm. at the Americana, so Nicole Kidman can tell you about how good it's going to be to see a film with your broskies in person. This is a real film for the broskies. All you loser podcasters, go see what your life could be like. I'm sorry, the link is DJ Fletch. Swift 45 on my hip and I'll lift up a switch up hip hop with a riff dap if no downloads cause I am not gifted I sift in through the shit on Twitter I wanna quit it but I spit it on the beautiful Lou and tell the kitty lovers baby you are beautiful too blonde haired boys who put the youth in the crew and if you bring me around I'll put some youth in you too boo the rap game tears in the trap where I peers with the Adderall fiends and the assholes we I can rap I'm not mean but you whack in the backseat cypher's hyper on the track She duct taped me to the dumpster, otherwise I would've left sooner. Rip.